Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. Along with Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. Thank you so much for the download on iTunes and for joining us at BaseballAmerica.com. We're coming to you sponsored this week by MLB Network, which will be broadcasting the draft June 7th through the 9th, and our own Jim Callis will be joining MLB Network for the broadcast of the draft. And we thank MLB Network for their sponsorship, and we're happy to have a new sponsor here on the Baseball America podcast. And again, Dee Marini sponsored us all spring. We thank them for doing that as well. And Aaron, uh, this is the podcast that last year we took two hours on. We're going to try to be a little bit more reasonable this year and rifle through our bracket preview in one concise hour-long shoe. So this should be exciting. We're not going to go through it as quickly as ESPN did when they announced the brackets. We are going to start in the upper left-hand corner with the number one overall seed, the Tempe Regional, Aaron, Arizona State. I think the first thing we can say is an amazing season by Arizona State. And no matter who was going to get sent to their regional, they were going to be prohibitive favorites because they've only lost one series all year. Arizona State's good. I mean, you know, uh, the way that Tim Weiser put it on the conference call was they had some debate between who was going to be the number seven and number eight overall seeds, and they had some debate here and there. They never even really debated Arizona State at number one. That was just uh, an easy choice for them. Which And amazing, the Pac-10, the number one ranked conference in the RPI, which I don't believe I've ever seen before. I don't think that's ever happened in the RPI. Not, I don't. I doubt that it has. I doubt that it has. Um, that's how I, I wonder if that's. I wonder if it's the same way in the official rankings. That's that. That comes from Warren Nolan, and it's very close. So I don't know if, it, if it's officially that way or not. But but certainly it's a great conference. It's a banner year for the Pac-10, and Arizona State dominated that league. Um, you that know. said, San Diego might be the most dangerous two seed on the whole board. You can make that case. There aren't a lot of teams in the whole country that have the kind of pitching that San Diego has. And, and Kyle Blair has quietly put together a really good year. Um, you know, just outstanding junior year. And Sammy Solis is, is obviously a great number two. And A.J. Griffin uh, has been a very good number three. I mean, you've got three great arms there. They've got some power arms in the bullpen. Um, you know, they'll swing it okay for you. I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly not, you know, a, a powerhouse offensive team. But you've got a decent lineup with James Metter in the middle there. I is do the think shortstop healthy? Zach Walters, Zach Walters, he is healthy. Um, that, that, seemed, that would seem to be a, a helpful piece yeah. for San Diego. And even he's not, you know, a, he's not a great, great shortstop. He's not, you know, Nolan Fontana, for instance. Sure. I feel uh, like he's more of an offensive factor. He's more of an offensive factor. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's just a good player. But um, certainly he's, his health is important. I mean, I just think that it's a tough place to go. It's tough to go to Arizona, Arizona State and, and, and win a regional. I mean, that team, um, you know, they played San Diego earlier this year, and – San Diego was just overmatched in two games. I think it was a Monday, Tuesday kind of a deal. I, I seem to uh, recall that. And Arizona correct. State, you know, just beat the heck out of them. Um, I'm, I'm looking at it now, and uh, I believe I believe that San Diego used at least some of their main guys, like for an inning or two. In yeah, well, I mean, because they didn't play that weekend, if I recall, uh, they'd had some time off, and so they went with uh, um, Blair and Solis, and and you know, they lost 15 to nothing in the game that they threw both of those guys. Uh, and then they lost 11 to six. So I mean, it's not like a midweek game where you you don't see the team's best pitching. You completely throw it out. I mean, Blair threw one inning and gave up two runs, and Solis threw two innings and gave up four runs. So the other thing to consider here is USD's had better teams than this one. Yeah. That have not won regionals. That have not even won games in regionals. So under Coach Rich Hill, let's face it, their reputation is that they are a great regular season team that can't get it done in the postseason. Yeah. Until they get it done in the postseason. They will have that reputation, fair or unfair. It, it kind yeah. of is what it is. And and I think they're good enough this year that if they go into Tempe and win that regional, I won't be shocked. I'll be surprised, but not shocked because 
they're good enough to win a regional. There's no question they're good enough to win a regional. I, I agree with you. Hawaii and Wisconsin more in the happy-to-be-here category, I but they can so. play spoiler. Hawaii has Josh Schlatz, who, you know, depends on which guy you talk to. <laughs> One guy that I talk to really is not a big Josh Schlatz fan, but other scouts who we have talked to like Josh Schlatz, and he's in our top 200, and yeah. He's had great success this year for, for Hawaii. So Yeah, and you know, and Colton Wong's a real good player. Their second baseman, sophomore, uh, Team USA guy. Conference? I'm not sure who I think was. He, I think he was the hero of the championship game. And they also only had a 10-minute bus ride, Aaron, because the WAC tournament was down there. Yeah. So they were already in Arizona, and now they they basically changed hotels. It's, uh, you know, I, I, it's good for Hawaii for winning the WAC. I don't think they're going to be a factor in this regional. Um, it, to me, it comes down to Arizona State and San Diego, and right now you just can't pick against the Sun Devils. And Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I'm what we're just going to say happy to be here. It's a program that was pretty good at the turn of the decade, late 90s, early part of this decade, and now they're back uh, winning that uh, Horizon League. Very surprised they were able to upset Wright State twice in two days. Uh, I think Wright State is the most talented team in that league, and uh, you just got to hand it to Milwaukee. You know, they got hot at the right time, and uh, here they are. Kudos. And, uh, honestly, anything can happen when you have those tournament scenarios. Uh, any any kind of team can get hot up at the year where Wofford was, what, the eighth or ninth seed in the SoCon and won the tournament. Right. So, so mean, we're picking Arizona State to re- win this regional, though, are we? I, 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 am. I am as well. I mean, in you know, I, I, like you said, San Diego is, is dangerous, but you, you just can't pick against the Sun Devils. I think they, just, they just find ways to win, John. They they find think, ways to win. I think so, too. I think they do against all kinds of teams this year. It's just an incredible season. On to the Fayetteville Regional, with the host being Arkansas, number two seed Washington State, number three seed Kansas State, number four seed Grambling, with the worst record of the entire tournament, 22-30. and 30. Uh, Aaron, Arkansas lost... 10 of its last 15 games. Do you think one of these other teams can knock them off? Can Washington State or Kansas State win this regional? I'm really though, I'm just guessing that Grambling can't. I don't think Grambling can win this regional. I agree. Um, you know, I don't think so. I still think Arkansas is the team to win to, to beat in this regional. I mean, well, certainly they're the team to beat, and I, and I think they're going to win this regional. Um, they didn't they didn't look great this past weekend. They they didn't have Zach Cox. Uh, they ended up losing Andy Wilkins even in a collision on a pop-up. Uh, Wilkins was playing third base, and he ran into Drew Smiley and bloodied his nose and was a little bit woozy, but he'll be fine. Um, you know, Cox is the one X factor. I mean, Smiley's going to pitch. He, he's recovered, it seems like, from that blister. Um, the X he factor. He pretty solid innings in the yeah, SEC tournament, right? He did. The X factor is Cox. And, and, you know, as of the other day when Arkansas was knocked out in Hoover, uh, Dave Van Horn said he doesn't know if Cox is going to play or not, but... I don't know that even, you know, if he's sidelined, I don't know that they necessarily need Cox to win this regional. I mean, I think Washington State's a good club, and Kansas State is scrappy and well-coached, and they've got the Big Ten player, or Big 12 player of the year uh, with Nick Martini and Carter Jurica, a really good shortstop. And, um, you know, I, I don't think Kansas State has enough on the mound to win this regional. Uh, Washington State seems like the most, I mean, obviously the two seed. Yeah. But Washington State, the offense, I know it was Southern Cal, but they bludgeon Southern California. They can score some the runs. Weekend. So they can score runs. And we know in Chad Arnold and uh, Conley, the left hander Conley, can Adam Conley, run it up they, there. they have a couple of arms who are Pac-10 weekend guys who are legit. And if you're a legit guy in the Pac-10 on the weekend, you're a legit guy anywhere. So it seems like Washington State is dangerous. I still think that Arkansas just reminds me a lot, an awful lot of last year's Arkansas team, which got a great start. Stumbled a little bit down the stretch. I know I've stopped believing in them, and I should have. You know, I should listen. I should don't stop believing. 
in Arkansas because they went on to uh, run all the way to the College World Series. And this, team, this year's team, in my mind, is better than last year's team. Yeah. Uh, I think they're better on the mound. I mean, I just think they're more balanced. Although guys are a little more experienced. I mean, if Cox plays, he's a lot better player than he was last year. It's going to have more depth on the mound, too, Aaron. I mean, last yeah. year they were like a four-star pitcher team. Like, it seems like they have six guys this year. Yeah, I mean, it's still not an incredibly deep staff. They've got their guys that they like to go with. Right. That's, you know, that's David Horn's philosophy. But, but yeah, I mean, they've got D.J. Baxendale. They can roll out there. And, uh, you know, Jeremy Heatley is out there. And, and uh, you know, certainly Mike Bolsinger's a key. I mean, it's a senior guy. Uh, he can be really good at times, and other times, not as impressive. But right. He's a guile. No, he's not a finesse guy, but he has to be a He's like 87 to 90 with right. a fastball command guy. That's pretty it. good breaking ball. He's not going to overpower you, yeah. but you know, he, ha- he, has to throw, he has to throw strikes to win. Right. He's just not a guy who – he's not like a guy like a Matt Perk at TCU. Who can he doesn't walk anybody, but if he does, if he does, he can just power his way right through it. I mean, like you said, the Washington State yeah, they can certainly be a factor here. I and mean, I like the the athleticism they have in the middle of their lineup with guys like Derek Jones. They've got a reliable veteran shortstop with Shave Vucinich, excuse me. Easy for us to say. Easy for us to say. Um, you know, Gary Kukendall again. I mean, it's you've the got pieces some good are veteran there. Pieces. pieces are there. Washington State's a team that. Go, when they go yeah. on, they've played at Arkansas, I believe, in the regular regular season last year. They're not afraid to go anywhere. You're right. They did play down there last year. Right, and they and they compete when they're on the road. I I like them as a sleeper. I'm still picking Arkansas because I think the talent's too too good, and I think that Dave Van Horn knows what he's doing. He's been to, re, to Omaha how many times now? Four times, twice with Arkansas, twice with Nebraska. Sounds right. He's pretty. I guess it's actually three times. Uh, whichever it is, it's, it's four times at least that he's been to Omaha as a, a, a taking a team to Omaha. This guy knows what he's doing when it comes to coaching the postseason. So as long as they're moderately healthy, I like Arkansas. But I do think Washington State is a is a, a very solid number two seed, very deserving of a number two seed. Definitely deserving of being ranked. I had to stand up for the Cougars in the poll meeting, not to you, but to other staff that's members. Right, about that's right. Keeping the Cougs ranked. You, know, you and I had no question that they should have been I'm in. Johnny Cougs, according to you, so i gotta, I got to stand up for the <laughs> Cougs. All right, we're moving on to the next regional in Auburn, and I think they are very excited in Auburn to have a regional, Aaron. They're very excited about the John Pulaski era, as they should be. They were in the wilderness for most of this decade. They were, uh, you know, you, you, they talked about in the old days in Major League Baseball, you had eight teams per league. You had your first division team and your second division teams. Auburn was a second division team. And they back in the first division, and they won the West Division in the regular season in the SEC. Didn't play great in the SEC tournament. They didn't hit, but they went into that tournament leading the country in home runs. They're a powerful offensive club. It's a. Uh, I think it's important for them to be at home, which plays the home run kind it's of an ballpark. Offensive park, absolutely. But they've got Clemson as their two seed. They've got Southern Miss, which just won Conference USA tournament and had a nice run, of course, to Omaha last year. And then the four seed in Jacksonville State, a team where it's a local club, so they're probably not going to be necessarily intimidated by playing Auburn because you know they know those guys and they played those guys. They probably played them in high school. And they know, they know what Auburn's all about. That seems like a dangerous regional for Auburn. It is a dangerous regional. To me, this is one of the hardest regionals to pick. I think it's wide open. I mean, uh, um, you know, I like all three of those top seeds as, as contenders to win this regional. Uh, I do think Auburn is, is, in addition to just being an offensive team, I think they're a pretty good, well-balanced club. I mean, it seems like they're figuring it out on the mound as the year's gone along. Well, you know, they've got two lefties that they can count on with Corey Lucky and Grant Dayton. Um, they're not going to overpower you, but they're both three-pitch mixed guys who compete. They locate. And to give you a chance to win, especially with that offense. And Austin Hubbard seems like he really has, he's been this all along, but they seem like they have a consistent go-to guy in the bullpen they trust. That's a guy who 
you know, he's, he's slider, 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 but it's an awfully good slider. It's really an out-pitch form. He can it's Kevin Arico light. And he can throw it. Not only can, does he bury it a lot, but he can throw it for strikes when he needs to. He, it's, he's, he's very similar to Kevin Arico, actually. It's a pretty good comp. Uh, even the velocity is similar. I, I, did, I do our Alabama draft coverage, and uh, I've read all about Kevin Arico's slider, slider, slider approach from Nathan Rohde. So. Yeah. Um, the thing with Clemson, Clemson doesn't have the greatest matchup for Auburn if those two teams meet because Clemson is very left-handed heavy in their lineup. And you do obviously have Kyle yeah. Parker. He's the headliner. But Brad Miller's leading their team in hitting. He's a lefty. Jeff Schaus, I think, is second on their team in home runs. Yeah. He's a lefty. Epps, who I know is hitting like 220, isn't he a left-handed hitter? Yeah. Uh, he does walk a lot. He's still an important part of their offense. So it seems like Auburn, with all those left-handed starters, would be a tough matchup for Clemson. Southern Miss is the X factor here to me. Uh, Copeland was great for them in the Conference USA Tournament. We all know what McGinnis can do. We all know what B.A. Volmuth can do. Is there, are there enough pieces there? Has Southern Miss gotten its act together enough down the stretch of the season to make a regional run? I, I, I wish I knew. Right now I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm tempted to pick Southern Miss, and, and, and I'm probably going to make my pick in a second here. I don't even have decided who I'm going to say yeah. when you ask me who I'm going to pick. Uh, because Southern Miss, I do think, can go into that park and, and swing the bats. You know, you've got B.A. Valmuth, who's, who's had a really nice year. He's hit for some power. Taylor Walker, another veteran middle infield guy. Uh, you know, Adam Doliak and, and, and Cameron Brunty, those top four. It's, like, can, it's a good, solid unit They there. can hit. That was an offensive league this year, Conference USA. There wasn't yep. much pitching in that league. Yeah. And, and, and Dylan Day's been a spark plug in, in center field as a, a freshman guy. They really didn't expect to be such a key piece for them, and he's, he's had a really nice year, too. Um, you know, I... I think they're dangerous. I don't think they're as talented as the other two teams in this regional. Um, it, it's it's, it's going to be very fascinating, John. What do you think about this regional? I'm, I was really tempted to pick Clemson until you reminded me about all the left-handed pitching that Auburn has. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Auburn. Um, I think Clemson was peaking at the right time. I was thinking with that sweep of Florida State, they got their act together after really stumbling on the regular season. But the more I think about it, the more I just, don't, I just don't think they match up very well with Auburn. So I'm picking the Tigers, but not the Clemson Tigers. Tigers the, uh, you'll hear the War Eagle chant. I'm, I'm looking for Auburn here. I know I'm going chalk so far, but I'm picking Auburn. Yeah, you know, I, I, I like Auburn too, and, and I think they played good defense, despite the fact that they made about five errors in their last game in Hoover. Um, I think they're a good, well-rounded club. Um, I guess I'm going to take Auburn too. It's a difficult regional to pick. I think that there are three legitimate teams that can win that regional. You can't say absolutely, that from most regionals Absolutely, here. You know, and I'll add also, John, that there's going to be a lot of one seeds. Uh, I think this year there's going to be a lot of one seeds that win regionals because we, we talked about it all year, how we thought there was a big separation between the teams at the top and, and the teams afterwards. And I agree. And we talked about how the committee did a good job this year. Most teams were seeded correctly. Most, most teams, not all teams, but most teams were seeded correctly. I think all the one seeds are just about right. And I think that there was a pretty big gap most of the year in our rankings. You got down to about 12 and there was a gap. Yeah. And I mean like like Miami. Miami's a one seed, sure. Should they be host? Maybe not. But the one seed, they were out on that borderline and they lost to all the better teams than them. That's pretty much epitomizes what we talked about all year. They were clearly in that second tier. I think they're one of the better second tier clubs, but they were not in the first tier elite clubs this year. Yeah. So it doesn't mean they can't get to Omaha, but they're just not an elite club. Right. Baseball America podcast, Aaron Fitt and John Manuel here with you. Georgia Tech, the Atlanta Regional is our next regional, Aaron. The Yellow Jack is the one seed. Alabama, the two seed. Elon, the three seed. Mercer, congratulations to the Bears. That's their first ever 
NCAA tournament appearance. Congratulations to the alma mater of Brian Chmielewski, our former intern. And I think Chewy's going to be going home early. I don't think Mercer wins a game because I think this is also a pretty tough regional because Elon's a legit three, Aaron. And, yeah. you know, the, one of the issues with Elon is right now their bullpen's a little vulnerable. Thomas Girdwood's been getting hit lately. But in Jimmy Reyes, they have a starting pitcher who could take down Alabama or if they held him, who could take down Georgia Tech. Uh, what's your you know, what's your take on, on Georgia Tech, though, as a one seed? They've, they seem like a, they're kind of like Miami. They have some good series wins. But in general, they've run into, run into other pretty good teams. They've, they've had some difficulty, it seems like. Yeah, you know, their their resume is not as impressive as the eight the other seven national seeds, for instance. Um, they did win that series against Miami head-to-head, which is nice. Two That's weeks, a good one. You know, the second to last week of the series, but or of the season, rather. Uh, they lost the series at NC State. They lost the series at home against Virginia Tech down the stretch. They did sweep Clemson, you know, so that's a nice series. Uh, they lost the series at Virginia. I mean, they, you know, they swept North Carolina. I mean, like Miami, like, you, like yep. you're saying, they generally took care of business. They're a little the bit better than Miami because they, they beat Miami head-to-head. Yes. Um, but on talent, you know, I think Georgia Tech's as good as any team in the country. I Georgia mean, Tech's going to have 10 or 11 guys drafted. I mean, they're going to have double-digit guys drafted. Most of the teams that have had that many guys drafted get to Omaha. You know, Arizona State in 2008 with 14 guys drafted. Yeah. A 15th, if you want to give them credit for Jason Jarvis, which I don't. But you could do it. It's not beyond the pale. Or you're talking about uh, Fullerton the year before in 05. Right. 14 guys drafted. Rice in 04 when they, they went when they Isn't had there a Long Beach team in there somewhere, too? I'm not sure that had 14. I think it's Rice. This last decade, it was Rice. Arizona State. Arizona State and Fullerton and all had th- 14 guys drafted. That's right. You know, and F- Long Beach definitely led one year with 10 or 11. That's right. So, I mean, usually those teams win regionals when you do that. You know, I think Georgia Tech will win this regional. Me too. But Alabama's pretty dangerous, Aaron, because Jimmy Nelson right now is pitching as well as anybody in the country. Well, Alabama's red hot. I mean, they looked great in Hoover. They really did. They swung the bats well. Uh, even Ross Wilson had a couple of hits, which is <laughs> I mean, that's been he a rare. He preseason All-America. He's hitting 250. The guy's, he, the guy's got like five doubles this year. It's pitiful. I mean, he's been in a three-hole all year long, slugging less than 400, or he had been last week. I don't it's know amazing. No, you're right. It's, it's amazing. They... The faith that Mitch Gaspard has shown in him, yeah. leaving him there in that three-hole. Same thing with Jake Smith. Mm-hmm. Their senior third baseman has had a dreadful offensive season. But those two guys, they both had a couple dinks and dunks and a couple hits fall for them in Hoover. Yeah. Maybe they get going. They've got, uh, obviously, Rutledge is short. And they have, as we keep saying, the two best 5'7", five, 5'6", five, yeah. players in college baseball, Nathan Kilcrease and Taylor Dugas. Taylor Dugas is, is outstanding. I mean, he really is just a, a spark plug there. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech's got a, a, a different version of him in Jeff Rowland, a guy who strikes out a whole lot more. He strikes out <laughs> an inordinate amount of the time. I didn't even – I listed him, I think, in Georgia. I didn't even write him up because wow. of all the strikeouts. He is uh, – but, I mean, they, their offense has so many different ways to beat you. Yeah. But the main way is the home run. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, between Plagman and Burnett. Matt Skoll. And Skoll. Derek Dietrich. Yeah, th- yeah exactly. I yeah. just think Georgia Tech is very talented, and I was encouraged by the fact that Brandon Compton pitched well this weekend. I've been saying all year that I think he's a key piece for them. He did. Um, you know, they also have, in Kevin addition Jacob to back. Kevin Jacob is back, it helps that they've got, um, you know, Mark Pope to, is kind of an insurance policy on the mound. He's I do like every role. I do like Jed Bradley a lot. I mean, I just think Georgia Tech is balanced. I think that they're... Um, I love Jed Bradley. That was not a very good Tommy. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all right. It works. I'll all give right. you plus one Tommy point for that. All right. Thank you. Um, 
Texas, I, I just, like I said, I like their talent. I think they're balanced. I think they win this regional, even though Alabama is hot. And again, wouldn't be shocked if Alabama won this regional. But I'm just looking around. We'll see as we go on through the brackets. But Jimmy Nelson versus Jimmy Reyes. That's one of my better, that's one of my, that's a personal cheese ball matchup right there. That is a good Jimmy one. Jimmy Reyes has suddenly become a personal cheese ball for me. Slid him into the top 200. I'm glad I did that. Um, Elon, Elon, one more thing, John. I mean, that's a good place for them to be. I mean, they do have some power bats there. I mean, good it's, point. It's not as much as last year. I think were they down there last year too? I uh, memory does not serve. Yeah, on that one. Me, me neither. But uh, uh, I, I just I, I think they'll be overmatched. I mean, Alabama's playing so well right now. I I think that comes down to the tide and the jackets. I agree. I think I'd like Elon's chances better if they were facing an ACC team rather yeah. than an SEC team in the first round. To be honest sure. with you, Baseball America podcast with John and Aaron. We're rolling on with the Charlottesville Regional. This will be the regional. If you're a Baseball America college baseball fan, get to Charlottesville and meet Aaron Fitt. He will be at the Charlottesville Regional. No autographs. <laughs> okay. He'll be the one wearing the Oregon State shirt. Aaron, uh, we've got UVA number one in Charlottesville as the number one seed. Ole Miss number two. Eddie Blank's uh, St. John's uh, Red Storm as the, as the three seed. And Virginia Commonwealth, once again, Paul Keyes. Paul Keyes and Ed Blankmeyer are like two of my favorite college baseball coaches. Those guys are zero flash. Sometimes they have prospects, sometimes they don't. Either way, their teams play their butts off, grind it out, and you more often than not, it seems like they wind up overachieving and getting into regionals yeah. when we thought James Madison was the team to be in the CAA, and we thought maybe Pitt would be the third Big East team. No, instead it's Eddie Blank. As I talked about on yesterday's podcast, he told you early in the year they had a regional team. He was right. Yeah. Are either of those teams capable of winning a regional? It sounds like St. John's might have enough. To, to spring an upset. I could see St. John's beating Ole Miss. Well, they're going to have to face Drew Pomerantz <laughs> the in the opener. That's though. the problem. Is I, I imagine they're going to have to see Pomerantz. I think Mike Bianco already is on the record of saying that he's throwing Pomerantz okay. in the opener. Which is the right thing to do because St. John's is a good enough team that you really could get burned if you save them. Uh, I think that's absolutely the right thing to do. Um, you can't pick. You can't pick up the beat Pomerantz, and 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 I, you know, and they're not going to win a regional at Charlottesville. I think, as you know, I think Virginia's. One of the two best teams in the country. Even if Danny Holson's not Danny Holson, not yeah. at his best, I think Virginia can win this regional. But they're going to have to pitch a little bit better. Their starting pitching is going to have to be a little bit better. This past weekend, or in the ACC tournament, both Bull Bob Morey and, and Holson were not at the top of their games. That is a key key issue for them long term. Uh, but I just think in this regional, I think there's they're a lot better than all these teams. I mean, they're just they're, they're just so talented. They're just so deep. They're so offensive. They're so defensive. I mean, their athleticism, I think, really plays at home. Yeah. And it plays in a bigger ballpark, and that's going to be an issue for the teams, the rest of the teams in this regional. Yeah. I think Ole Miss just is not quite athletic enough or really offensive enough. Uh, bottom line, they were 500 team in the SEC, 16 and 14. Yeah. Just you know, they're Drew Pomerantz, and then they're pretty average. They're ma- they're they're on the mound. That's what I really worry about. They've got one and a half good starters because Aaron Barrett has been up and down. He's been really good at times. Other times, not so much. Yeah. And, and they haven't had a number three starter all year long, and David Goforth got rocked again in the SEC tournament. You just can't ever count on that guy nice power for, for six good innings. He'll give you 93-94. He's like a Georgia Bulldogs 2010 starting pitcher. Yeah. Runs it up there and watches it go back out. I'm picking UVA in this region. Yeah, UVA. Moving on to the Norman Regional, where the Oklahoma Sooners, really a team that, uh, you know, Kind of validated us a little bit, Aaron, because we didn't have a second Big 12 team in the preseason. The first team that we brought in there, I believe, was Oklahoma. It might have been A&M, but A&M, Oklahoma. But Oklahoma was, for the most of the season, the number two team in the Big 12. 
And at the end of the season, they separated themselves a little bit from the rest of that Big 12 pack. And they finished strong. They're in a regional host spot. Uh, so kudos to Sonny Galloway in that ball club. And that's a team that has some pitching depth. They seem like they're fairly well set up for regionals, are they not? They have some, some seniors in their bullpen, the little J.R. Robinson flexible left-hander guy who's yeah. a Juco transfer from last year, but who's a, a nice little college pitcher. He started some. He's relieved some. They seem like they've got some athletic ability. You, ha- you can't mention Oklahoma without talking about Caleb Bushyhead. Just a great name. Yeah, he's done a great job at shortstop. They really expected Ch- uh, Chad Kettler, the freshman, to come in and, and be the guy at shortstop. I mean, they really thought he was going to start from day one, and he was banged up a little bit, and it didn't happen, and, and they stuck uh, Bushyhead in there, and he stabilized. They stuck a Bushyhead in there. They stuck awesome. Bushyhead in there, and he stabilized the whole thing. And, and you know, and of course, they're, n- they're really known, I guess, for their two big league progeny players. Garrett yeah. Bouchel had a tremendous year in Seitzer. And Cam Seitz are on the corner infield. Those are their two big guns there in the lineup. Uh, you know, and, and we ranked their recruiting class last year somewhere in the top 25. Uh, and their recruiting class has been a huge reason that they've been so good this year. Those two junior college transfers, especially the top of the rotation, um, you know, Bobby Shore and, and uh, Zach Neal, um, you know, those guys have been outstanding. Uh, this is an interesting regional because, you know, North Carolina seemed to be playing its best at the end of the season. North Carolina has the best pitcher in this regional with Matt Harvey. Oh, there's a question. I, I think North Carolina beats Cal in that opener because of the Harvey factor, um, especially since he's had 11 days to rest. Um, you know, the workload down the stretch shouldn't be an issue. The real question is, does North Carolina start Harvey on Friday? I don't think they can win the regional without – I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma twice, but they probably will have to do if Matt Harvey doesn't do it once at one of the times. So that's why I'm picking Oklahoma. North Carolina's starting pitching after Matt Harvey just does not encourage me. Really, any of their pitchers after Matt Harvey, well, whether it's Munley or a longtime personal cheese ball, Patrick Johnson. You know I love Patrick Johnson. Uh, and their bullpen, whether it's Greg Holt or Michael Marin or Colin Bates or whoever. I'll tell you what, Colin Bates pitched lights out against Virginia Tech in his last great. outing. I think it was seven shutout innings of relief or six. I think it was six, yep. Um, if he does that again, then that's, that's you know that changes everything. It does. He, he has he has that kind of talent. He has flashed um, you know results like that in the course of his career. Um, that's true. And and their and their staff is fresh. You know they haven't like we said they haven't they've had a week to rest. That's true. They, as well. they, they did inter squad this past week, but um, I don't know. I mean I I don't think this is a great North Carolina team. We've talked about it all year long. Offensively, I think is a very offensively challenged. Team. I mean, it's, you know, they've got some scrappers. But they also have some experienced guys who've been to Omaha. Mike Cavazzini's been there four times. The one, uh, <laughs> the one b- big thing with North Carolina, actually, is that offensively, they're probably better now than they have at any time all year because yeah. Levi Michael got hot yep. late in the year. He's now leading their team in home runs and batting, and I think in RBIs. When Dylan Hazlett was leading the team in home runs, that was a bad sign. He's a nice Juco transfer. He should not leave the team in home runs. I mean, he should not leave the team in, in, in batting. I, I do think North Carolina will be the regional finalist. I think Cal has the talent, but I just don't see Cal putting things together. I, they had a great weekend last weekend to beat Oregon. That's a little bit different than beating Oklahoma on the road or being a four-time college series team like North yeah. Carolina. I think North Carolina makes it to the regional final, but I'm picking the Sooners. I, uh, I'm i going to try to avoid picking all number one seeds here, so I'm going to pick the upset. Uh, you know, I'm an ACC homer, everyone knows. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'll pick the Tar Heels. I mean, I, 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 I like – and here's why. The key, the key player in this thing is Chris Munley. You mentioned his name. Um, he pitched well in the second half of the season. Uh, I think he's capable of beating Oklahoma. And I think Oklahoma's pretty good. But 
they did play, you know, in the Big 12 this year, and they proved that they're not they're not at the, the class 12, of the Big yeah. 12. I mean, Texas the Big 12 is, is Clemson, is Texas, and everybody else. Yeah, and and ACC is a lot better this year. And you know, UNC, yeah, they went 0 and 9 against Virginia and Florida Georgia State, Tech. Or Georgia Tech rather, and Miami, but they were in all those games. I mean, they are. I think they're they're capable of competing um, with Oklahoma and and. It, 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 like you said, Chris Munley is key. I think he comes up big, and I think North Carolina wins this region. Honestly, I think North Carolina, the eighth place, they were tied for eighth in the ACC. I think they would have been, the, at worst, the third best team in the Big 12. I agree with you. I think that's fair. Uh, we're moving on to the Columbia Regional. I'm still trying to decide whether or not I want to take leave of my children and my wife for a little bit and go to have the garnet carpet rolled out to me. Andrew Kiddick, you're going to have to throw something in here to make me come down to Columbia. Uh, maybe like a battle T-shirt for Ray Tanner. But uh, South Carolina is your host, and uh, I expect ridiculous crowds in Columbia as they welcome the Virginia Tech Hokies, the Citadel Bulldogs, and the Bucknell Bison, Aaron. I hope I got all those nicknames right. How fired up are they going to be? This is their first regional at their new ballpark. Because if you recall, they were sent on the road to East Carolina last year. That's right. Year. That's right. I was there. I, I do you recall were there. that. I saw the final. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be rocking. Um, it's going to be rocking and rolling, I think, in Columbia. And the, to me, Virginia Tech is a giant X factor here. I would have been, never been a regional. Yeah. No, not never, but they haven't been a regional in a long time. The last decade. And then, which Jesse Hahn are you going to get? Are you going to get Jesse Hahn from the beginning of the year, where he was as good as really any college right hander in the country, or are you going to get Jesse Hahn end of the year, where like for two innings he was lights out, and then you know, it was like a like the cars on Bugs Bunny cartoons that like make all the fumbling noises and think of <laughs> at the end. Which which Jesse Hahn are we going to see? I would be very tempted to take Virginia Tech if Han was still the Han he was at midseason, and and uh, he's. I would as well. I would not be tempted. I would take them. I would too, because they're the best offensive team in this region. That's the real issue with South Carolina. It is amazing to me that South Carolina's leading home run hitter and stolen base guy is Whit Merrifield with 12. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to hit home runs, run like Coastal Carolina does, or if you're not going to run, hit some home runs. They don't do either one. They're really have to have some long rallies. And, you know, without Nick Ebert having the big year, you know, Jackie Bradley just can't do it all by himself. They really just don't have, I don't think, enough offensive depth to win the College World Series. To me, maybe even to get to Omaha. To me, it's very telling that South Carolina platoons in the middle of its lineup. Yeah. I mean, it platoons, you know, behind the plate with, with Brady Thomas and uh, uh, Kyle Enders. It, That's a great it, point. It platoons with Jeffrey Jones and, and Nick Ebert at first base. I mean, those guys, these are middle-of-the-order hitters. This is not the bottom it's not of your, your lineup. It's not your six-hole guy. This is, yeah, your four-five And it's, and it's worked for them. They've won a lot of games this year. So, yeah. But it's unusual. Yeah, it is unusual. You know, it's like, it's like Arizona State. It's like Arizona State platooning at shortstop. Yeah, they're not going to win anything. 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 They're not going to and Devin Marrero are platooning because they're both really, really good, and they're just trying to make sure they both play short. Sure. So this is not like like the minor league analogy I think of is Cesar Asturias and Michael Young platooned at shortstop at second base in the Blue Jay system. That's just because they were both developmentally shortstops. You know? So it's not quite the same thing here. I, I, I like South Carolina to win this regional only because I don't think Virginia Tech is at full strength. I, and you, Matt Price is like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get with him. He's been pretty good this year. But he wasn't very good in the ACC tournament, I don't believe. No. And, and Justin Wright's very solid on Friday. So they have three pitchers that you like, but you know, they haven't quite been good enough, I don't think. Han's not quite good enough right now and uh, for me to be confident. But I agree with you. Offensively, they're the best team in this regional. I wonder if the Citadel is going to throw Asher Wojcikowski in the opener. I think that's a key question. 
That is a big question. And Asher, well, honestly, Citadel's kind of like South Carolina light. Yeah. They're athletic, and they're a good defensive team, so they're probably well-suited for that ballpark. I still think I'm going to pick the, the Gamecocks, Aaron, um, but I don't feel terribly good about the Gamecocks' chances. I, I, I like South Carolina, and here's why. They showed up in Hoover with low energy, and, you know, a scout told me they just looked like they didn't want to be there. Very low energy. But Tanner, you could tell, was not pleased with that, and they had a bunch of time to go back and work on some things, and... You know, he said they were doing th- two days for the next three days. Ooh. I mean, he got their attention. He's going to get their attention. He's going to make sure they battle this weekend. That guy knows what he's doing. He Let's knows. He it, knows what he's doing. Let's put it that way. Ray Tanner. They very good. They haven't won a regional in a few years, and, and I and I think they're due. And and uh, I, I just worry about Virginia Tech the way that they they looked again. They looked terrible in Chapel Hill that last weekend. They didn't play defense well. They were just sloppy. They didn't pitch well. They, they really were sloppy. Were sloppy. Um, they looked better this past weekend. You know, they did. Almost make the ACC title game. Uh, they blew that lead late against NC State. They would have gone three and zero in pool play. But uh, I don't know. I just worry about them on the mound right now. Um, and, and I just think South Carolina at home, the Tanner factor. I do think South Carolina wins this regional. I'm with you. It's not necessarily a pick with a ton of conviction though for me. Next up and last in today's podcast, we're going to just join this together with the right side of the bracket tomorrow. But we have both have too much to do. We will wrap up today's podcast with the Myrtle Beach Regional. Coastal Carolina, the number four overall national seed. And I mean, that's such a shock. I mean, I think they deserve to be a top eight national seed, but not four. But I, I would have had them at five. I just think it's shocking that they're over UVA. Uh, agreed. Coastal Carolina is the one seed. College of Charleston, kind of Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleer Kryptonite this year yeah. is your two seed. NC State is your three seed. And Stony Brook is your four seed. The Seawolves, alma mater of uh, Joe Nathan, I believe. Is if, that if right? If memory serves, yes. Uh, so, so they've had made their contribution to... I would have said Tom baseball. Kohler and Gary Novakowski, but... but... I believe Joe Nathan is the correct answer. All right. Um, I wonder if Joe will be there. He's got some time on his hands, rehabbing from Tommy John. Coming down to Myrtle Beach, he's probably got a timeshare down there. I'm sure he's not hanging out in Minnesota uh, or Stony Brook or on Long Island. But you got uh, Coastal, College Charleston, NC State, Stony Brook, Aaron... Coastal Carolina just hasn't really been challenged since the San Diego series, which they lost. Uh, Coastal College Charleston has beaten them in midweek games. They saw NC State in a tournament in uh, February. Can either of those teams knock off the 51 and 7 Chanticleers? Nobody's knocking off the Chanticleers <laughs> until Omaha. <laughs> yeah, you you picked the Coastal to go to Omaha, I believe, in the preseason. Yeah, Coastal is Coastal's loaded, and you know, and and. Beating them in the midweek is not the same as beating them on the weekends when you got to beat Cody Wheeler, you got to beat Anthony Mayo, you know, and Austin Fleet and all those big Jimmy guns. Birmingham. Jimmy Birmingham, Ila Penn. I like, you know, the way they mix and match. Brad Hessler, uh, you know, uh, uh, Connolly, the the guy that they, the low slot guy that they throw out there, kind of changes the look a little bit. Their athleticism also just plays very well. That's a it's, big ballpark. It's going to play very well in that ballpark, especially if you compare them with College of Charleston, which, as usual, uh, relies a lot on the long ball, and they've got. Four guys with uh, 14 or more homers. I mean, that's um, not going to play at Myrtle Beach, you know, in that ballpark. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to guess that Rob Kroll. I think would have Kroll have 17, the catcher Rob Kroll. He, he finished. He finished with uh, 14 with 14. Yeah, I mean, he's, an, he's probably their best offensive player in terms of future ceiling. Pro ceiling, he's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, but he's a left-handed hitting catcher who can really hit. Um, and I don't know if he'll get drafted or not. But he's, you know, that, like you said, that those are. What's their ballpark called? Patriots Point? Yeah. A lot of Patriots Point home runs in there. That's been the history of College Charleston, and nothing wrong with that. 
They play to their ballpark. You play a lot of games at home. You're going to win a lot of games and go to regionals. Um, I, I still I, – I like – the thing I like about Charleston is they do have some pitchers with some velocity. And I like the freshman Christian Powell, I believe is his name, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, that's right. I forget the sophomore's name, who was their number two starter, Patterson, I believe. David, Pat- David Peterson. David Peterson. He's out of Indiana, I believe. He's out of the Midwest somewhere. Those guys are all good arms. Those guys are all – and with the Kevin Decker at the front of the rotation, those are all 89 and 92 guys. They have power arms, power plays in the postseason when hitters are a little bit tired. Power guy in the pen with Heath Hembry, but a guy who's got a 6.75 ERA. Yeah, give me Stephen Pryor over Heath Hembry anytime. I mean, like all the closers in the southeast at these fringy, not fringy schools, but these mid-majors, Hembry, Stephen Pryor, Thomas Girdwood, all these guys have bad numbers. That I Big arms with bad numbers. Yeah, pretty much all of them. But uh, and to me, I don't think Coastal Carolina's going to get upset. The one caveat is I do think NC State's a little dangerous. Kyle Wilson is playing, and he's really playing very well at the top of their lineup. He's not as explosive a runner as he was last year when he stole 30 bags, but he, he's a you know a switch hitter. He's hit about 350, and he's drawn a lot of walks. Um, the Miller lineup, they get streaky, and uh, they know how to win a regional. They won a regional just a couple of years ago with some of these same players. They've got Alex Sogard pitching very, very well right now. Uh, he's a physical left. They don't even pitch great in the ACC Tournament Championship game. Uh, but he he's thrown well of late. He's got experience. Jake Buchanan, they can throw Buchanan on Friday. Pitchability, college right-hander. If you can beat Charleston then, I think Sogard, as a lefty with some stuff, can match up with Charleston. I would have to imagine that that State would start Corey Mazzoni in, in game two. I mean, he's their number two guy. He's, he's I think right now it's Sogard. You think so, really? I do. He started, I believe, twice in the ACC tournament. I think yeah, Alex Sogard has become kind of their X-factor guy, plus... He's a fifth-year senior. He's a left-hander against that lineup. You try to mitigate the running game, and you have a guy who was. They started Mazzoni in their second okay. game. But I the first game. I thought their first game was Sogard. Their second game was Mazzoni. That might just be Buchanan. because it was early in the week, though. Right, but then he also came back yeah. in the championship game, yeah. and then he pitched very well the week before in a midweek game against Hyper. Regardless, I I feel pretty confident that Mazzoni would is he's their number two guy. I mean, he he's the guy that they would bring back against Coastal. He's I don't agree. I think they would go with Sogard. No, we'll but you know we'll more find about out. I mean, I, I think – Put I think, on that board. <laughs> you know, regardless, I mean – They have three they, starters. They, they're not bad. They're, they're, they're not bad on the mound. I, I worry about the, the bullpen besides Grant Sasser. I mean, I, don't, I, mainly, I mainly I just don't think they're athletic enough to hold down that running game and to mitigate yeah. coastal speed. I don't think coastal college Charleston is either. I do think NC State's a dangerous three seed because besides Buchanan and Mazzoni – they have developed Sogard as he's come further away from the shoulder surgery. He gives them an X factor. He can start or he can relieve. Sasha's only got to really trust in their bullpen. But now you have Sogard. Again, he can start or he can relieve. We both saw him very good in the, in the regional win against South Carolina a couple of years, years ago, ago yeah. where he was their X factor. So uh, and, uh, the main thing is I don't think NC State's offensive enough, really, to beat Coastal. Coastal can beat you with speed. They can beat you with power. If you don't have big-time velocity, they do have some slider bat speed college hitters Absolutely. who can mash. Which and is another reason why Mazzoni would be a good guy to throw with them because he's 93-94. Yeah, but didn't you say – I don't mean to belabor this point, but, I mean, like, we just uh, – the high point game, Sogard was 92-93 from the left side for six innings. So that's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, he's a power left-handed arm. I would want the left-hander out there to try to mitigate that. And a veteran versus the freshman try to mitigate the running sophomore. game. Sophomore. Sophomore. So I, I would want the veteran to – I want whoever really is better at handling the running game. That's the main thing. If you're going to beat Charleston, you can't let key. Rico Noel, who's tied for the national key. lead – in stolen bases, and Scott Woodward would just run all over you. So that's, but again, even if you do hold down Coastal speed offensively, their speed plays defensively. That's why I am with you. I think Coastal's an Omaha team. 
whether they should have been four or five seed, they are a very complete ball club, and only one team has beaten them this year, and that was San Diego as far as uh, winning a weekend series. Right. The other team is Co- – do you think that College of Charleston, having beaten them a time or two, helps them, or does that make Coastal even more aware that College of Charleston is dangerous? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I mean, I think that they're not going to take Charleston lightly, but they know that with their front-line guys, it's a different story. I think that Coastal is the uh, favorite there. We're both picking Coastal? Yeah. We're both picking Coastal Carolina in that regional. We're going to have to come back with the rest of it. And more arguments about Alex Sogard and Corey Mazzoni on the right side of the bracket the next time we record the Baseball America podcast. Oh, it should be tomorrow morning, and we'll post that at BaseballAmerica.com as soon as we're uh, done with it. So thanks for joining us. If you have questions for that, you can always send them in to us at podcast at BaseballAmerica.com. Aaron, I think it was kind of folly to think that we could do all the regionals in one day. It was overambitious. It was overly ambitious, and it just didn't work. But we'll try to come back with the rest of the podcast and the rest of the bracket tomorrow. Until then, so long, everybody. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.